0: it's episode 1001 holy cow and it's a relevant podcast you're in Orlando I'm your host Cameron Strang and joining me Bill from Loveland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. we yeah, made it into the new millennium. We're, yeah, we are now entering a new,
1: yeah, quite feet, quite party feet.
0: Uh, from Austin, Texas, author, speaker, podcaster, Jamie Ivy. Hey guys, and from Nashville, Tennessee, artist, producer, and mogul Derek Miner. What's happening, man? This is crazy. We've been podcasting a long time. I'm sorry. I did. Did you guys listen to the thousandth episode? It was like so nostalgic. I. Jesse, when we were putting that together, dude, like I just couldn't wrap my head around how many absolutely ridiculous things we've talked about over the years. I don't know if you stuck it out, but at the end of the show, we put about 15 minutes of those random outros Yeah, We were pulling them. We were pulling them from the last 10 years. And when it crossed 50 minutes, we were like, okay, we got to cut this down. This is ridiculous.
1: (laughs) I got to be honest. I listened to it and I was like, how do I not know or remember probably 95% of these references? I know, me too. That was was my recollection
0: as well. It's like, I have no idea where that clip came from you know what I mean like I was here with you and like yeah it was crazy I
2: it was loved time, it though.
3: congrats yeah. congrats
2: it's, a, it's, a huge it's an accomplishment y'all man like this is this is a staple in um in faith based journalism like you know what I mean like just knowing that like it's a staple so I'm, I'm honored to be a part of it and glad you know what I'm saying I've got a chance to be a part of history because that's what that's what this is so
1: I'm, I'm not going to lie. It, it's lasted about 975 more episodes than I thought it would after we recorded our first one.
0: Well, you came on episode 10. And that's when it, we figured out what we wanted this to eventually become. But you're right. This lasted about 20 years longer than I thought it would. Well, hopefully we don't ruin the next
1: thousand Uh Bye. <laughs> that feels know.
3: exhausting. <laughs> I'm not, oh my
1: <laughs> gosh! I'm not That's gonna lie. Lot. I finally feel like we we warmed up. And now it's <laughs> game
4: time.
0: Jesse, we, uh, uh, episode 2000, we are going to be well into our 50s. <laughs> like I don't know that we're going to be doing it in another thousand. Oh yeah, another gosh. another
1: 17 years. No. Uh, we'll no, see. No, thank you. That's a little much. But that's That'd what be... I would have said 17 years ago. Is, <laughs> I don't that's even know true. if the internet's going to be a thing anymore. <laughs> yeah. That's true.
0: That's true. Oh, that's true. Oh, man. Like well, we're kicking off the next Arrow in a, a, strong. Our, our guests today are Sterling K. Brown and Regina Hall. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. we're bringing it. We're coming. We're coming with the heat. Uh, They they have a new movie out called honk for Jesus. Save your soul. It's uh, in theaters now. It's also streaming on Peacock. If you're like me and you prefer to sit at home alone and watch your movies, Um, (laughs) it's it's, it's out. Uh, We're talking to them later about that. Also, you know, the he gets us campaign that's been kind of everywhere. If you watch sports, it's like rolling out big this fall again. We've been talking about, they've been sponsoring this podcast. People have been asking us who's behind this. Like, is this the Mormons? Like, who is this like Jesus commercial (laughs) thing? So we have the guy behind. He gets us going to join us, tell you a little bit about what they're up to, what they're trying to do. Uh, Jason's going to join us today. So don't want to miss that either. And at the beginning of the, or at the end of the show, we have a special feedback where you guys are asking us questions. So it's gonna be a lot of fun. Moving the show along. Stay tuned up next. Tyler will join us for Relevant
5: Buzz.
0: Listening to Phoenix and Ezra Coning, the song is Tonight.
6: Season four of The Chosen is in theaters now, and the reviews that count are in.
4: Amazing. Did not disappoint. Flurry of emotions.
0: It was powerful, heartbreaking, uplifting.
4: You have got to come and see it. It is a message for everybody. I highly recommend that you come out and see The Chosen Season 4.
6: Episodes 1 through 3 of The Chosen Season 4 are in theaters till February 14th. So visit TheChosenRiseUp.com and get your tickets now. That's TheChosenRiseUp.com for tickets today.
4: Relevant Buzz.
0: Well, please welcome to the show, Tyler Huckabee live from paris france hey tyler what's going on this week you're looking a little jesus you're looking a little jesus-y today
7: bonjour everyone <laughs> somebody somebody said that so i don't know what it is i don't think any i don't think the
1: vibe has changed that much see i think i think it's more john foreman <gasps> he's giving strong john foreman <laughs> hair that is exactly I that. what he
7: heard foreman vibes before you. john if you're out there thank you for inspiring my latest <laughs> vibe shift
0: but I think it's not just the hair. I think it's the beard that's coming in that's giving it the Jesus shift.
7: The, the, the surfer thi- vibe. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. was I was I, the hair's been growing out for a little bit. As I as I think I may have mentioned on this podcast, in France, if you go to a if you go to get your hair cut, evidently I haven't experienced this myself, but evidently you don't really like they take the kind of your hair the haircut you want into consideration, but they have okay. the final say. Like you are kind they of they tell you what you, you want you are kind of there as a consultant, but you do not have any like executive <laughs> authority over the actual <laughs> See, I feel like
1: I feel like that's a great system. It takes a lot of pressure off <laughs> like a, a lot of pressure. <laughs> lot I, like of pressure. I would just close like my you. eyes. I would just be like when I wake up, I want to be pleased and surprised. That's your instructions. I, I, I would like not, waiters to do the same thing.
8: Just, oh. just, bring
3: me what, just, bring me, whatever. No,
2: no, 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 Jesse. I no. actually
3: have done that at restaurants. Like, I, we I don't. We're not going to order. Just bring me the best. I like, you two. just feed no. us and bring us the 100%. best. 100. No. That's some a, of no. the best experiences. Yeah, yep. that's no. how I do it.
0: I'm like, what do you recommend? What do you recommend? Then that. That's it. Always. Mm-hmm. If I'm in a new restaurant, I, I,
2: yep. So I'm the guy that I'm the guy that ask, "What do you recommend?" And then I just get what I want. <laughs>
8: <laughs> so just nice. Nice. That's why I don't
1: mad. ask for recommendations because I feel like, well, oh, she's like, it's the best thing on the menu. I love it. Pfft, trust me. And I'm like... <sighs> Not really in a shepherd's pie mood. So um, <laughs> Yeah, that's me. <laughs> Inevitably. It the they, the the they
7: recommend off, yeah. the one thing on the menu that I was definitely not feeling. That you yes. definitely didn't want. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That seems like it's always the case when I asked for recommendations. Well what I don't opponent? Opponent, I'm not a closed minded I'm not a picky eater. There's always that one thing you're like, I don't I don't really do that. I don't well, do that very often.
0: You could lead them. You can be like, I'm kind of feeling I'm in the mood for something light. You know, and then what do you recommend? You know, that kind of thing. I need light.
7: to do that. You know, yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So what's anyway, going on? That's all. So what's that's going why, on that's this week? From yeah. So the the first thing up, that I want to talk about, and this is just sort of an interesting case that is probably going to become something that's a little more common in the future. That uh, honestly, I wanted one of your thoughts on. So for a little bit of background knowledge, how many of you guys? This was in the height of the pandemic. Uh, fell down the Queen's Gambit hole on Netflix. The, yeah, I watched the, that. Anya Taylor Joy. It was like a very big deal. It was like kind of our first big pandemic show that everybody was like. We're all stuck inside, uh, we're all watching the, fir- the No, show. no, no, no.
0: The first big one was Tiger
1: King.
7: So, yeah, first one, that's, that's incorrect. I, first, that's I gotta incorrect. be honest, Second.
1: I don't do board game content. Board game content is not. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> chess checkers, all the way up to Monopoly. I just, I don't do it. It's just Dude, we,
0: I <laughs> I'm surprised it hasn't sparked more, like a domino show, a checkers show. A, yeah. A Monopoly tournament. Yeah, somebody, I'd watch, yeah, I'd watch a Monopoly tournament for sure.
1: <laughs> it's just, take know.
3: you forever to watch it
1: yeah. okay. exactly yeah, so, I mean I got time yeah I mean one Monopoly tournament is yeah yeah <laughs> one Monopoly game is that you could watch the entire Queens Queens Grand Series yeah yeah exactly yeah.
7: Not that yeah. well and for those who are not the you know uh, Queen's Gambit followed a a woman chess player in the 60s who was like a you know a brilliant chess player and sort of her rise from being living in an orphanage to moving out on her own to eventually becoming a grandmaster of chess now, now it's a fictional story it kind of had the look and feel of one of those based on a true story things it was not it was, it was completely made up but they did reference in one episode offhand a woman whose name i'm going to kind of butcher here but it's Nona Gaprindashvili Nona for short. Nona Gashvindili, uh, who was a real chess grandmaster who was alive and was playing around the same time as uh, Anya Taylor-Joy's character in this show. Now, the way they referenced her in this show was as a way to sort of beef up the character's own stats. Mm. A character said about Nona, the only unusual thing about Anya Taylor-Joy's character really is her sex, uh, and even that's not unique in Russia. There's Nona Gaprindashvili, but she's the female world champion and has never faced men, is what they said. Now, that is not true. The real Nona actually did face men. In fact, at the time that this series was set, she had faced, according to her lawyer, 59 men, 10 of whom were chess grand matches at the time and had won a majority of those of those game matches.
0: You just said, according to her lawyer. Why is there a lawyer involved I'm lost. So, yeah, I'm trying to so figure that's it out. Where, so
7: that is, <laughs> and that's where we need to get involved, because she's saying this is a defamation of her actual <gasps> achievements. <She's>, in a <laughs> fictional show? Exactly, in a fictional show. So this is where things get a little bit complicated. She says that there's not enough people who knew that there's the, the reference to her achievement was was also fictional to warrant the show being kind of like passed off as this is just a parallel reality, not part of the real thing, right? To quote there, the the actual lawyer, quote, Netflix brazenly and deliberately lied about that got- Gaprin DiChibelli's achievements for the cheap and cynical purpose of heightening the drama by making it appear that its fictional hero had managed to do what no other woman, including Gaprin DiChibelli, had done. Thus, in Mm. a story that was supposed to inspire women by showing a young woman competing with men at the highest levels of world chess, Netflix humiliated the one real woman trailblazer who had actually faced and defeated men on the world stage in the same era.
3: So can I ask a question? Yeah. So what this is saying is Netflix made a movie, a show about a woman who was playing chess and became a master and beat all these mm-hmm. men. And then a random person in Russia said, oh, that sounds like my story, but they did it all wrong. So I'm going to sue them.
7: But well, they Bench used her real name. They mentioned her, yeah. Oh, that's uh, right. Sorry, I that part. That, that
3: makes a big deal. So they basically
7: uh, said, what if there was another woman at that time who was basically doing what she did what she actually did wow but she was better than you know or she or she or but her achievements were you. like more remarkable because in this parallel fictional chess world that they're creating a Gastron Dish had not done the same things and she is still I am sh- I know I'm butchering her name she is still with us and that's why we're having this lawsuit right now hey,
2: no, I, no, I, no. get your money that's all I'm saying <laughs> hey, I ain't even yeah, mad No get your money I don't care look I don't <laughs> care if she right or wrong get your money man like it is what it is that's what they get for speaking your name you know what I'm saying you gotta, yeah, you gotta is... let them know in the chess world is gangster like that you gotta let them know
0: <laughs> I'll be honest with you I thought it was a true story I I didn't know until this moment. Actually, feels
7: like one, and that's part of sort of the case that even the judge agreed. That's why the judge agreed to listen to it in this case, because obviously, you know, fictional account. You know, Hitler died in *Inglorious Bastards*, right? He gets killed by uh, he gets killed by the the woman in that movie. That didn't happen in real life, but everybody kind of knows that didn't really happen. That's a fictional story. We can let that one slide, or uh, or well, Hitler's not going to sue
0: anybody. I mean, exactly. Yeah, yeah, the Hitler defenders. Come out of the limitations for that one. are pretty well
7: established in that case. <laughs> you know what I mean. That's maybe not the best yeah. example, but you, but you know what I'm talking about. In this case, the judge agreed that the show had not made it clear that this particular detail was fictional. So while viewers of this is the, of once upon a time in Hollywood can be expected to figure out the show's depiction of the Manson murders is unreal. Netflix had enough reckless disregard for the truth in this case to warrant the lawsuit moving forward.
6: Mm. Wow.
7: I, it, the lawsuit didn't move forward yeah. and it actually uh they actually netflix actually ended up settling with the estate instead of it going all the way so they kind of took the l on that what one. they settle for doesn't undisclosed undisclosed undisclosed, undisclosed.
2: Yeah.
7: Yeah. Uh, a <laughs> yeah a lot <laughs> yeah a lot so. i think it sounds yeah. like netflix thinks what like they they thought that she kind of had him over a barrel on this one but it's just it's such an interesting no black and white and hard to know like well, yeah. how what kind of real events can you mention in a in a fictional TV show? And it, yeah. it seems like I think she had a good case here. I do. It's because it it, mm-hmm. it, seems, so Tyler, it seems kind of fuzzy.
0: Tyler, I know you're working on a novel, so you need to learn from this Correct. and be careful to <laughs> yeah. not reference anything real I in have, your fictional. I have
7: rewritten, I've had to go back and make some pretty <laughs> substantial pretty substantial rewrites. Yeah. And I want to give an advance I want to give an advance apology to Beth Moore. Um, th- this is, <laughs> what happens in the novel is not reflective of my actual feelings about you. I, I... Don't,
2: don't be missed. Don't mention auntie Beth. She been through enough. Wait. <laughs>
3: Are you actually writing a novel? First question. Yes, he is. Yeah, I am. Yes, yes, con- I am. That's awesome. That's well, really cool. And it's, it's all about Beth it's Moore's a word, life. It's a I take yeah. There you well, go. The Beth Moore yeah. part. <laughs> he spells it, mean, I've said too he much. spells it
2: differently.
7: He <laughs> spells it differently. said too much. The, the more lawyer to the legal team is already going to be on my case
2: about this. <laughs> 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 Look, leave Auntie alone. She's been through enough. She got enough people in her DMs. Leave Auntie alone.
7: <laughs> I am not. Beth john i thank you for inspiring my vibe that you are not actually mentioned in a
0: novel that that's funny all right what else you got
7: all right so this is a uh this this was an interesting study and this was another one we've done a couple of these studies lately but there, there's a result that i would not have expected from this which is why i wanted to bring it to you all's attention uh, this is a new study that comes from the folks at the church of england so again British study this is happening in the UK they're going through it right now over there and I don't know how you know the death of her majesty has factored into all of this but this but but that's what's this is a study from the UK, right? Did
0: you see did you see the clip though going around on TikTok and Instagram about uh, King Charles losing losing his mind about a pin that wasn't working when he, he defi- was trying. He seems
1: like the most unchill
0: dude. Ever. <laughs> I know, right? right? <laughs> that dude is tightly wound. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah he, needs, he,
7: needs, he needs to relax a little bit. Um, it's a pin. So, Just give me another pin somebody. I mean, it's fine. He's under a lot of pressure. <laughs>
0: like, under what a lot what of pressure? pressure? What does he have to do? Nothing. Listen, he inherited man. a 30 Three billion estate when he became king and he's got no job. He Give is, me that kind of pressure. Give me a that kind of pressure. There's a lot more
3: pressure other places. Yeah. I want to be under the gun like that. <laughs>
1: yeah. I, yeah. That's the listen, kind of stress I could listen, cope with. Prince, King, whatever. <laughs> I will take over. If, if. <laughs> I'm not saying I don't get frazzled. I'm just saying. do not stress me out
0: hey i this is a a tangent but i I read this this week i have no interest in the royal family or anything like that but the financial component caught my eye this week Mm -hmm. so literally he did inherit a 33 billion dollar real estate portfolio okay so apparently what happens is all the castles and, and whatever are owned by the royal family but they also own things like the high street in London where all the main shops are, they own um, like Mm -hmm. something like 40% of the seaside. So all the development on the coast, they own the property, they rent out, they'll own like big buildings that then they'll rent and get rental income. So apparently this $33 billion real estate portfolio, the revenue that it generates is what pays for the Royal family and all the, you know, servants and pageantry and all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And so like, He literally owns it now. I mean, it's like owned by a trust, but it's the royal families. And then his son inherited his portfolio, which is like, now you own all these castles and you can do with them what you want. They can sell them. They can flip Mm. them, whatever. So it's like... Don't they own them
1: because, I mean, ultimately doesn't come back to the British people. It's like... Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, they own the property that then British people have buildings and businesses on top of. Or they'll own the building and then they pay rent to the royal family. I mean, so it's like, you know, but it's been going on for a thousand years. So it's yeah, like big
1: scam, big scam. <gasps> but isn't that crazy? Like, I didn't know
0: that's how it was it's funded. Crazy. I thought it was like taxpayers. Yeah. No, they are. I've like, always thought
3: that too. Yeah,
0: no, it's like they, they generate revenue by being landlords. And if they wanted to sell Buckingham Palace, they could yo like, that's a lot <laughs> that's crazy <laughs> that's crazy yeah. can you imagine
2: can you imagine if Buckingham Palace went up for sale right now well, what they, it would I, like that I would be I read a thing crazy. that he's
0: looking at the portfolio with fresh eyes like is there any properties that we want to divest of to nah. da, da 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 like to fund stuff it's just so fascinating to me anyway yo <laughs> hey let's so, go
2: in mm-hmm. and try to buy Buckingham Palace if it's I'm sale let's go fund me this me. thing yeah let's uh, go fund me let's make it the new relevant studio
1: into a little, little, Airbnb, little Airbnb <laughs> Maybe that's
0: why he's so stressed out about pens, because he has to yeah. sign a lot of closing so, yeah. paperwork yeah. and all yeah. that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. So he needs Cringer. a good pen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead.
7: Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> the study is not doesn't really have anything to do with the royal family, but it does. It does have to do with the beat of this podcast. So the study found that among people in the UK, 55 and up. Uh, age 55 and up, 41% of them have prayed at some point in the last month. Mm. Among 18 to 34-year-olds, 56% had prayed in the last month or so. So that is a pretty sharp and surprising metric that uh, that I don't, I don't think anybody in England expected. You certainly wouldn't expect to see that over here, although I couldn't find any data, any comparable uh, U.S. data to actually look at that. But it is something that surprised, and this is uh, this is the Reverend Stephen Hance over there, who is the National Lead for Evangelism and Witness for the Church of England. He said, and I thought this was very true, he said, quote, Uh, In fact, this shows us more than simply being interested in spirituality. Young people are already exploring it in practice to a Mm. greater extent than their elders. In an age when mindfulness and meditation are more popular than ever, prayer makes sense to people. And with pressures mounting and people of every generation facing huge uncertainty, many people of all ages are drawing strength from God in prayer. And I think that's a very interesting way to think about this. I think that prayers who are becoming part of that grab bag Mindfulness, meditation, these other practices yeah. that people mm-hmm. consider to be spiritual. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. prayer is I think prayer falls into that, and I think it is growing more common. And I think that's a good thing.
5: Yeah.
3: Did they say who they were praying to?
7: Mm. No.
1: Mm. Not, I, I just I, I just
3: asked recently because I just saw something when the queen died and they it was on the daily and he was they were Dude, I heard, someone. wasn't
1: that the weirdest clip ever Jamie right
3: and it was this man saying I don't believe in God but I pray to the queen every day and I was what? like yeah
1: Relax. you heard it Jesse Whoa. I did and, and the most disturbing thing was that somehow he had not yet heard that the queen had died <laughs>
3: yes yes <laughs> was like, he was very very the, startled the, the, it was when, like yeah. a man
1: on the street thing and if I I had to re-listen to that portion of the Daily because I was like, this is the most bizarre piece of audio I've ever heard. It's like a, a New York Times reporter on the streets of London walking up to people asking their thoughts about the death of the Queen. And they walk, you know. Apparently, just a guy at random who happens to be so devoted to the queen that he literally prays to her. And he didn't explain the logic. Hmm. Like, th- right. does he think she hears? Like, does she think? Yeah. And then somehow, even though he's praying to her every morning, is the last person on earth to find out that she's dead <laughs> and was absolutely dumbfounded and devastated. Was, and so he was, was devastated. It was
3: hard to hear a little bit. Yeah. So,
2: yeah. so we. That's got also to, an we...
3: interesting question that I think is important in the study. Too. It is interesting. You know. yeah,
2: I, yeah. I think that we have to leave the uh we gotta leave the the christian nationalists alone in america because i don't know if they praying to like you know the president or like like it's crazy that's a different White level Jesus of like yeah. right that's a different level of like praying to like the queen like mm-hmm. that's crazy like i thought that what we had was, see you think that you got it bad and then you see somebody else situation, you're like, you know what? It ain't that bad. You know, it ain't that bad. I mean, it's bad, but it ain't that bad. Like I'm like, Yeah. You know, I'm I, I, and
1: I like I said, I just didn't understand the logic. Like, you know, how
8: how's
0: that's, this anyway.
1: whole
0: Yeah. How why would he you think do that, that she's like, hearing him? Like like somehow in her sleep. He said
3: he just loved her so much. Nah, you
2: know? that's bro. So bizarre. But, so was, but he let's let's assume, was he joking or was he dead serious? Like was he joking? No, he was dead serious. Oh,
3: yeah. It was dead serious.
4: Because sometimes like, you
2: well, could be like, you know, you know, people are like, you know, LeBron James is my god. You know what I'm saying? Was it like that? Like, Seth Curry is the basketball god, or is it like, nah? I'm really, literally praying to her every morning before I go to work. That's what he says. That's what it was um, like,
1: yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the crazy thing hey, is man, this was... Y'all send me that. Know, don't send me that clip. I was th- going to say This was hours after her death. And it was like, how did I, who I don't even know, I know almost nothing about the queen. How did I know for hours that she had died? And a dude in London who prays to her every morning has to have the news broken to him by a New York Times reporter just wandering mm-hmm. around. You know, it was... I think this we can assume, theme.
0: based on the study in the Church of England, that when they ask the question "Do you pray" or whatever, that it's a praying to God. I,
7: I, could, not sure. find, yeah. I could not find the actual the the actual question asked, and it doesn't specify in the actual write up of the report. But I th- I think generally, I think most people when they hear the word prayer. Would not include the queen among, them.
8: <laughs> yeah,
3: for yeah. sure. But I was thinking of like yeah, yeah. Muslim but it could mean or, somebody, or something it could, it like could
7: mean, that. It could mean yeah, the prayer can mean obviously. There's different. I'm definitions, not assuming obviously.
2: nothing because up until today, I had no clue that people pray to the queen. So <laughs> <laughs> all I know, we can't let that go. This yeah. man
3: does. Yeah, yeah. We don't know if people do. This man does.
2: <laughs> it gotta be more than one. It gotta be. <laughs> um, you know,
3: Jesse, you said that you didn't know. You know, not not a lot about the the monarch and stuff. I didn't realize until, and this kind of is with your study, Tyler, just a little bit, but I didn't realize until just after the queen's passing, seeing so many people talk about how she was a devout Christian. Mm. And I, I mean, I know there's the church of England, all the things I just didn't know that about her. And it was very interesting to see.
0: Is, is it still that the, the ruler of England is the head of the church of England or did they separate that? I, I remember at some point at one point, the king was the head no longer, of the church. Of that is no longer the that's case. That's not the case. Okay. The, yeah, 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 no longer the case. I think it was because that We're one king that wanted to get divorced, like King Henry or something. Divorced. So mm-hmm. he had to separate mm-hmm. the church off of it because mm-hmm. he couldn't get mm-hmm. divorced. Mm-hmm.
7: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably for the best, all things considered. Probably
0: for the best. Yeah. Sad for right. marriage. But um, so, so the study is that younger generation millennials are praying more are praying than boomers. More, yes. Yeah. Are praying more than,
7: than the older generation surprising. was, which is surprising. That is. Yeah.
1: Considering the secularization and the, you know, I, I, I wonder, too, just how much it has to do with the state of the world. Like, things just mm. feel a little bit more desperate these days, and mm. young people know they have their whole life ahead of them, and I don't know. I mean, Tyler, to your point, maybe it is like mindfulness and meditation are kind of having a moment I'd be interested there's probably it's probably a amalgamation of reasons but yeah um, we yeah, do know statistically
7: that uncertainty will will lead to a greater set to people doing more spiritual practices that's something that scientifically they have been able to show mm-hmm. obviously young people are feeling the brunt of things like financial uncertainty in the economy uh, we know that young people are definitely more concerned existential on an existential level about things like climate change makes them feel very uncertain about the future so i could see that leading to a lot more spiritual practices prayer probably among them but not necessarily the only spiritual practice that's going to be seeing a boost uh but i, I think that that's also just leading to a lot of spiritual questions and and spiritual seeking and I, I think that we can also trust that god is faithful to when people
0: seek they will find all right mm-hmm. church leaders you got an opening go for it yeah yeah all right yeah. what else you got tyler market Last the thing I prayer to- thing
1: <laughs> <laughs> seems hot right now
7: last thing I wanted to note, really briefly and, and this is a story that, that's been unfolding over a couple of weeks but, but did want to draw attention to it and we're going back to America for this one I want to talk about the case of Michael Jennings uh, Michael is a pastor in Childersburg Alabama he is black He, when his neighbors went out of town he, uh, uh, they asked him to water their plants for him while he was there uh, which is a responsibility that he took on while oh, he gosh. was watering their plants, the of uh, the other neighbors there called the police. Uh, for There was a black man. He, he was black while watering and the police showed up and he ended up getting arrested for this and put to jail. <laughs> now, the case was thrown out a couple of days later and uh, by the then by the then police chief. But now Michael Jennings is suing the city and the police department uh, for what he says is uh, was a loss of his constitutional rights, emotional distress and PTSD. He said, quote, "What they did that day was impunity. Thinking there'd be no action taking against them, I felt dehumanized. I felt little. I felt helpless, and it hurt me. So that case is now good going on. To yeah, court. yeah exactly. I, think, hey, I think this is the him. sort of thing that you need. Hey, you, that man. You know, we need to see, we need to see, account. these stories are always sad when they pop up, but it's so rare to see any actual accountability come through. So hopefully a lawsuit like this yeah. for an undisclosed amount of money, we can start seeing some people actually, you know, yeah, the actual exactly. actions being taken here.
3: That video was just horrible to oh, watch. It's terrible. I yeah. mean, yeah, it's yeah. terrible.
7: Just escalated at every turn, but, you know, he mm-hmm. was, you know, he didn't do anything. It's, yeah. it's infuriating but
1: good for him not just you know personally maybe you know we'll be compensated for this you know just awful incident but to your point Tal, maybe it's a, a deterrent for, for future uh, interactions like this yeah. you know Derek do you think that will be a deterrent <laughs>
0: Hell no. I
8: mean (laughs) (laughs) it's
0: saw your face. I knew what you were thinking. (laughs) I was like y'all a
2: lot more hopeful than me. I don't wanna be negative (laughs) negative Nancy, but come on,
0: man, like I, the thing that the thing that's crazy to me is that he's the next door neighbor. The, you know, right, the neighbors let me let me water their flowers for them. Yeah. And the other neighbors called the, the, the cops neighbor. like he's your neighbor. You know he lives yeah. there. Like yeah. what are you doing? It makes no sense but then to me. they
3: even asked the other woman on the video and she's like, "Oh yeah, he's the neighbor. Like he's probably watering their plants." And then they still continued. I mean, yeah.
0: Crazy. Oh, man. oh yeah. Cool. Sorry crazy it's a, all right yeah. well there's a lot more <laughs> where that came from more fun stuff and funny stuff and cool stuff not just heavy stuff but there's uh, a lot that we're covering every day over at relevantmagazine.com make sure to check it out follow us on the socials for the latest thanks tyler thanks everybody thanks all right. man stay tuned up next jason vanderground from he gets us joins us you don't want to miss it Blood Orange, the song is Jesus Freak Lighter. I don't know All what right. that means, but I love it. But I love Blood Orange. <laughs> so there you go. I'm into it. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Freak Lighter, give me one. Sounds fun.
6: Season four of The Chosen is in theaters now, and the reviews that count are in.
4: Amazing. Did not disappoint.
0: Glory of emotions. It was powerful, heartbreaking, uplifting.
4: You have got to come and see it. It is a message for everybody. I highly recommend that you come out and see The Chosen Season 4.
6: Episodes 1 through 3 of The Chosen Season 4 are in theaters till February 14th. So visit the chosenriseup.com and get your tickets now. That's the chosenriseup.com for tickets today. All right. Well,
0: over the last few months, you've definitely seen uh, commercials, videos on TV and social media about the He Gets Us campaign. Uh, I was watching SNL the other night and then boom, there's a Jesus commercial in the middle of SNL. Uh, you're going to definitely with the football season ramping back up, you're going to be seeing it if you watch sports at all. Uh, it's a national campaign that's aiming to share a fresh perspective on Jesus to the biggest audience possible. Uh, they have, they've reached hundreds of millions of people already, literally like something like 500 million views have already happened this year and they're ramping it up. You're going to see it on the, so, uh, the super bowl this coming up and they're, they're doing a lot more in 2023. Uh, we thought it'd be good to get to know the people who are behind this thing. Mm-hmm. Like who's, who's funding this, who's doing mm-hmm. this. So, uh, that's who, that's what this conversation is, Jason, uh, He gets us is Jason Vanderground joins us uh, to talk about their goal, um, the controversial questions that inspired their project and what sort of reaction they're getting. Here is Jason Vanderground from He Gets Us.
7: I feel like uh, and you correct me on this because I'm just purely projecting here what I would consider to be, and from honestly from my work at Relevant, what I have found to be sort of a difficulty in this is that most people, at least in America, sort of think they have a good idea of who Jesus is, right? They're familiar with what the guy looks like and they've heard about the cross and the crucifixion and rose from the dead and maybe even have some verses down. But it's one thing to sort of be familiar with the trappings, which I think most people are, and another to be familiar with the actual message so, how did you guys, A, was that attention that you found or something that you found? And B, how have you tried to address that or get through that noise?
8: Yeah, it's a great point, and it's very true. A lot of times, we say that we're more familiar with lots of things, and then you, know, you start to double-click on that, and you're like, oh, maybe I'm not as familiar <laughs> as I thought mm-hmm. I was. I think that's a human behavior. I I do that with my kids all the time. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know a lot. And then they start asking me questions, and I realize, <laughs> maybe I didn't know as much as I thought I did about mm-hmm. that. So it's this invitation to learn more, and uh, kind of these interesting wrinkles in the story that maybe have been overlooked or not that emphasized. And so, you know, like an interesting story that we, you know, the Christmas story, people have heard that over and over and over again. And for Christmas, you know, our ad, we, we focused on the idea that Jesus uh, was born to a teen mom, that Mary was... Uh, in- all likelihood a teenager most most first-time mothers were teenagers in that day Um, and she wasn't quite sure at the very beginning like how she got pregnant and joseph was considering his options and so you know his own parents the way that he was born was a lot of youthfulness and uncertainty and vulnerability and Mm -hmm. you know we've just seen people react to that and go i never realized fully that that was part of jesus story that that also really relates to my own experience uh he must be sure. able to understand what that's like and that's what he gets us is all about he understands us and despite the the, the good bad the ugly of life he loves us anyways
7: most people who listen to Relevant, Relevant Pod, Read Relevant are going to be fairly well convinced of this message, they understand that, that he gets us, they believe that. What is something that those people, people like us, could do to sort of help get involved here? People who are like, I want to be part of making sure that this gets around, to, I, I believe in this and I want to help spread it. Is there a way that they can do that?
8: I think one is, you know, you can start with the website, hegetsus.com and, uh, you know, everything is out there, the stories, the ads, um, all the different ways that people can get connected. If you want to go deeper than that, um, you can even go to, uh, com. and there, there's a lot more resources. So a lot of resources that we've created with relevant and with other partners and, I think the biggest thing is just to know about the campaign, to know these ads, you know, because people are going to see wrongly judged or hair down or, you know, teen mom or dinner party and go, I saw this ad about Jesus. It got my attention. What was, what is that all about? Or that made me feel uncomfortable and to be ready to have that conversation with a friend or family member that, that brings it up.
0: That was our conversation with He Gets Us. Make sure to check out their website, hegetsus.com. Find out more or hegetsuspartners.com. Okay, stay tuned up next. Regina Hall and Sterling K. Brown join us. to Santa Gold. The song is Fall First. That's never a good idea. Don't fall first because then everybody will fall <laughs> on top of you.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> I would I would recommend falling last. Yeah. You
0: know, yeah. Right on, Definitely. Be on the top. The Definitely file. File. fall
1: last. Yeah. Right. Definitely yeah, right. fall just, last. Just good sense there.
0: All right. Well, our guests today are Sterling K. Brown and Regina Hall. You know Sterling from This Is Us. You know Regina from movies like Best Man Holiday and Girls Trip. They're starring in a brand new movie called Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul, which is out now in theaters and on Peacock. They sat down with our downtown Emily Brown to discuss how they hope this movie encourages the church to be its best and why it's important we extend grace and understanding to all people. Here's our conversation with Sterling K. Brown and Regina Hall.
5: I'm a sinner, but I'm no criminal. We
4: need you back in that pulpit. All those folks out there who are going to see this, I want them to know that I did what I was supposed to do. What was your familiarity with church culture and maybe even church scandal before you started this film? Yeah, very familiar. You know, family in the church Mm have experienced different churches. I think you all, I mean, I've been to, I used to go to Times Square Church in New York. Do you remember that? I do. Times Square Church. I've been. not denominational, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, but it's a big, big church. It was David Wilkerson, but I was in a small church, small Baptist, so just... I don't know. I think being black, somebody gonna make you go somebody to church. And go to church. <laughs> yeah.
5: been, been to church all yeah. my life. You know, you hear about the scandals of, of different yeah, mega places, et etc. Like it's mm-hmm. hard to miss. So yeah. there's a few different things that sort of informed Lee Curtis Childs, what have you, and just personal experience, yeah. like Regina said.
4: Lee Curtis is
5: a talent, a star. Oh boy. Uh, so. We can edit around that right this is going to chronicle the ultimate comeback
8: what specifically drew you each to this film
5: what drew me well the script was great um they had done the short first and i watched the short and then i read the script and i was like this is all wonderful regina hall uh it was in it from the beginning i was like i like her a lot i would want to work with her so that was a big draw as well. Then just what they had to say, like coming from a place of love with an institution that has such um, prominence in black culture, in the black community, um, but still something that is worth critiquing and has the space to evolve. And hopefully the folks who see it, who are part of that community will recognize the love with which the movie was done Mm -hmm. and see the space for evolution as well. Mm But yeah,
4: I just, I like the world. I yeah. like the world that, I liked the world of the church. I hadn't really seen a story like it. And um, probably because it was a bit, it was a bit of a, a swing. Yeah. I was like, this is either going to work or be really bad. <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't going to be any, anything in between. And, but there was something interesting about going for it. And the directors, you know, having yeah. a conversation with um, the director and producer with Adama and Adane. Their clarity, their purpose for writing the script, and they were really smart. Yeah. And so that made it, you know, the producers, the team behind it also made a big difference. For sure. I just want to clarify some things before we, before we get started. Every woman is not built for the great responsibility of being a first lady.
3: Pastor Lee Curtis Childs faces allegations of misconduct his Megachurch may never be the same.
5: Lee Curtis and I,
4: we're gonna get to the other side.
5: Hey, you there. Yeah, with the big old microphone. Come in closer, son. You're gonna see what all the fuss is about.
4: <laughs> Showtime. What's up, uh, fresh as I I would really love to dive into each of your characters a little bit. They both have this outward self that they like to present, but deep down, you know, as the film goes on, they're much different people than how they present. So, um, you know, what do you think of your characters? Who do you think they really are at their core?
5: I I believe Lee Curtis Childs is a child of God. Uh, And I think he really loves being in front of people. I mean, he is a showman, you know, for sure. But I think he loves the idea of being able to save souls and do the Lord's work. Mm. I think also at his core, he is someone who is queer and um, does not allow himself um, comfort in that thought. The idea of being queer or whatnot and something that he actively fights against, tries to squelch, contain, pray away the gay, whatever you want to say about it. And like, so the torment isn't so much from other people, like how might other people see me or whatever. It's kind of how he sees himself, right? And so I think he starts off with wonderful intentions to give to different aspects of his congregants or whatnot. And young men in particular, he really does want to mentor. But I think that like a moth to the flame, the closer he gets, the easier it is for him to get burnt. And his intentions become misguided.
4: And I I mean, I think Trinity loves being a first lady. She's a woman who's been raised in the church. And I believe that she believes that Lee Curtis is anointed. She very much believes he's anointed. She's seen the difference he's made in people's lives. I think, I don't know that she believes that he's gay. I think that she believes that that is how the devil is tempting him. Mm. And that the devil attacks him in the <clears> root <throat> of his sexuality. You know, I think she knows he's really flawed. And I think she knows that she settles a lot. Mm. But I think she believes in him a little bit more than herself. You know, until the end, I think there's some, you, we start to see that she does have that change. But yeah. I think the whole time, you know, she's a bit in awe of of. of you know his preaching his word his connection to god i mean i think there's nothing more exciting than when she sits on that stage or in that audience and watches him preach and watches that effect on a group of people i don't think she has that you know but he has that and it, but what she can do is she can she can harness all of that yeah. and then and then she's a part of that connection to god yeah he is just so wrong. Oh, 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 oh. He needs someone
8: to harness it all. Oh, bless your heart. I'm sure plenty of the old congregation will come right on back through good old Wanda the Greater Pastors. <laughs> you have a blessed one.
4: Oh, my goodness. Whether they're Christian, not Christian,
5: what do you hope they take from this film? I think just the questioning of institutions, you know what I'm saying, things that we take for granted or as the status quo will be that indefinitely, like there's room for things to grow, to evolve, to change. And uh, I think, especially if you love something, you want it to become the best version of itself. So hopefully folks bring that sort of critical thinking to every institution that they encounter.
4: Yeah, I think it'll be different for different people, yeah. you know. So I really I really want people to just, well, one, enjoy it and then spread the word. But two, yes. <laughs> but honestly, to take away from where they are in their life. The backdrop is the church, but it's a very human story. Yeah. You know, you really are looking, you know, it's not a critique of the church, but it's two individuals and what, the, what they've been indoctrinated to believe and then and and that from the institution itself but then you watch they're both suffering right and that's i think why you can have compassion for both of them yeah even despite The stay humble sign in the um, Ferrari. Uh, 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 (laughs) I really just want to say fantastic job on the film. You both did such a wonderful job. Um, This could be a really difficult subject, but I think you brought really great sincerity and humor to it. So thank you. I can't wait for audiences to see it. Thank you. Thank you, you, Emily. That was
0: Sterling K. Brown and Regina Hall. Make sure to check out Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul. I watched it this weekend. It's actually really good. Uh, It's out now. All right, stay tuned up next. It's your feedback. two totally enormous extinct dinosaurs the song is be with you
2: (laughs) bro what kind of name is that that is a long name
0: (laughs) totally enormous
2: extinct are they like a punk rock band hey look man i'm gonna be real white people right white bands have the best names like it's like they just they just pick something they just like yo what do we see here man it's a big totally enormous dinosaur in the corner that's what we are gonna name the band it,
1: it does feel like there was like a working session you know what I mean and, they, and it was like before they finished they're like time's up Oh, okay well you know we're thinking totally enormous yeah extinct. probably extinct I've,
2: I've, I've always admired like white bands names like the only person i could think that has like a crazy name is like childish gambino True. my man you know he picked his name off of the wu-tang, the Wu-Tang name generator. generator you yeah. know what i'm saying that's dope white people just be like man what's in the room uh uh kleenex underwear you know, they just like that's the name of the band, the kleenex of the band. Underwear. Done.
0: yeah why are you looking around your room and seeing kleenex and underwear on the floor there you uh, go <laughs> <Dilly>? <laughs> oh boy!
8: Um, <laughs> uh,
0: have, you, have you ever done you mentioned the, the Wu-Tang generator have you ever done have you done it like what's your Wu-Tang name I have what is it do uh, you know
2: I forgot to, to be honest it's like ill master something like ill master ill master grams or hands or something like that I'm yeah.
0: doing mine right now here we go but it's different every time you do it, too. I'm a... I'm Chili Predictor.
2: Chili Predictor. Yeah, but every time you do it, it's a little different,
0: Have though. you ever done your stripper name? It's uh, the name of your first pet and the name of the street you grew up on. I'm Caesar Dolomite.
2: Oh, okay. <laughs> Caesar Dolomite. Um, I think...
3: <laughs> I'm Lucky Vine. <laughs>
2: <laughs> mine would be...
1: Mine would be Hank Booker. I like it. Olivia, Olivia I, Spruce Forest. <laughs> uh... <laughs> That sounds, cool. that sounds more like that sounds like, a, like a Christian author who writes like Amish fiction. Uh, Olivia
8: Spruce uh, Force. Uh, uh, and It's uh, like, you know, uh, yeah. evenings <laughs> on the prairie. Yeah, you know. I love
0: it. Oh, man. Well, Relevant has a lot happening this year and we don't want you to miss a thing. Make sure to sign up for our newsletter right there on the front page at relevantmagazine.com and we'll send you our top five trending stories into your inbox every weekday. We'll also send you a weekly uh, podcast newsletter with the latest episodes, some uh, fan extras, and first peeks at the new shows that we're going to be rolling out throughout this year. Make sure to sign up. It's the best way to keep in touch with everything we got going on. Well, okay. It's time for your feedback. Last week, we did a, a backwards question of the week. We asked you to ask us something. So you guys hit us up on, at Relevant Podcast on Twitter, and uh, here are some of the questions. We'll lob them to, um, We'll lob them to the crew here. Alright, Ben Stroop has a question for all y'all. Here we go. So, okay. the first one is, if Jesse got to reboot one sitcom where he stars in a role, which one would it be? Oh. I think you gotta do oh. Perfect Strangers and your cousin Larry. Cousin, not, not Balky. Not Balky. No, no, no. That we're, I feel like... Society he, has progressed I, beyond you playing yeah, Balky. I feel like...
1: Yeah, I feel like it would be pretty problematic. I mean, I could be the old curmudgeon, but I think the obvious answer is I would I would be Uncle Jesse in a in in a true full house Duh. reboot. Duh. Oh. Living in the basement, Duh. old uh-huh. washed up rocker. <laughs> yep. Uh, you know, I think he dabbles in morning radio, you know. I like it. Um, yeah. obviously fantastic hair. It just checks a lot of boxes personally. <laughs> I could see
2: it. All
0: right. If yeah. Derek were to produce a country album, what would the title of it be?
2: Well, it's funny that you asked. I, Are you working on one? I actually did produce a country album. Oh, wow. And it's called Country Trap by Country Boy Carl. Uh, KBK. So, yeah, you can look it up. It's only on Spotify, but yeah. So I like it. I have
0: already got one, Ben. There you go. Jamie, what's a movie Jamie has seen all the way through more than once? <laughs> Oh, okay. I see. It's that. Not many. Uh, the, it, it
3: is. It is. I do have a theme here. I actually saw Elvis, the new one, twice in the movie theaters in the same weekend. So there's that. Was it
1: because, real quick, because you liked <laughs> the film or you just happened to, you know? No, I liked I wa- it. I, liked I it a watched lot. 10 minutes of Elvis and said, this is
0: not for me. Like, mm. you didn't like it? It was too frantic. It was too trying. Yeah, it, it was is. trying to cover too much territory too fast. It was just like, da, da, da. there was no. Hey, I didn't like the pace. I wasn't enjoying it. It was just like, it felt yeah. like we were well, that, skipping that, across the surface. I didn't like it.
1: That, that, that's Boz Lorman's like, style. style. Yeah. yeah, I know. He did, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's basically, he likes to make feature length music videos, is, is, is kind of his. <laughs> yeah, m- like the camera was flying like, around. It was just like, oh, yeah. come on. Like, I, I mean, he did, he did like, um, uh, like Romeo and Juliet back in the day, like the yeah. new great Gatsby, it, it is, yeah, oh, it's essentially okay. just okay. like a sensory, you know, overload. Yeah, exactly. I turned
0: it off, but I will tell I you, I turned it off and put on La La Land, oh. which I Okay, I
6: love La La Land.
3: I did not enjoy La, La but anyhow, I, when I was a kid, I used to watch the movie Grease nonstop and could say, like I could quote the whole thing and say all the things. And then when I got an adult, I listened, I watched it again. And I was like, Dear Lord, what was I talking about as like a third grader
0: with the movie Grease? So, what, what's yeah. a movie yeah, that yeah. you guys go back to? Like, uh, you watch it every year or so. It's just one of those things. Where, like, I feel like I'm in the mood for this movie. I love, you know, like I
3: don't do that a lot with really? movies, obviously. Yeah,
0: I don't watch a lot of movies, but every once every year, I'll like I'll be in the mood for like a uh, uh, There Will Be Blood or Phantom Thread or some like epic prestige drama that's
1: slow. You know, uh, Paul. Paul Thomas Anderson. It's like, I I wouldn't do, I wouldn't do like a PTA or something heavy, but like, be like, man, I wonder if Ace Ventura two holds up. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) It holds up. I need a yearly reminder of how funny that rhino scene is when he pops out at the back (laughs) of the
8: rhino.
1: (laughs) Derek, what's yours? It's Friday. It's Friday. It's
2: Friday. 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 Friday, I could um, I could literally quote every line. I could recite the movie as a monologue right now. I love it.
3: My neck, my back. My neck and my back. My neck and my
1: back. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. There's something about like those 90s comedies where they just weren't yeah. overthinking stuff. It was, uh-huh. you could tell it was a lot of one takes back then. And they're like, we got it. <laughs> no, no, we're good. I think we got it. Yeah. Well,
0: the, the, the budgets were just different. You know, like, True they, that. They, they could do movies like that. They just don't make movies like that anymore. You know what? Yeah. I was reading, uh, uh, who was it? Somebody, Matt Damon, was talking about this. Like back in the 90s, like, think about like, you know, uh, Good Poet Society, or I'm sorry, what's the, his movie? Um, Dead Poet Society? No, I'm sorry. The, no, his movie.
3: Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, yeah goodwill oh, Hunting. So, Good Hunting. So think about like Goodwill yeah. Hunting and stuff movie. like that,
0: like it, kind of indie movies or whatever. Like he said, studios would take a chance on those more because they had more revenue streams back then. So you had the initial mm-hmm. theater run, but even if it didn't make all its money back on a theater run, they always had DVD sales and rentals afterwards. And he said, now in the era of streaming, they lose what was the majority of the revenue for movies now. And so they yeah. have to do it at yeah. box office and they have, so they just mm-hmm. have way less margin to take a risk on more artistic films or more like up and coming films. And so like they are doing Marvel movies and only like big ticket stuff. That's like going to mm-hmm. make a ton of money. Mm-hmm. And like those smaller movies just don't have a lane anymore. And that's really sad to me because like, think about like Friday. I mean, they, that wouldn't get made right. today. You know
2: no, not at all. It's, yeah,
0: it's too much, it, it, it's
2: too much for too little money, but it's such a classic. Or, it, I mean, it's a lot of movies that I what was it? Uh, was it the five heartbeats that it did awful? And then, on, but the DVD release, it became a yeah, classic. iconic movie mm-hmm. in the black community, and now I mean, it's 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 I mean, it's it's legendary, so yeah, I, I could see that.
1: <laughs> I, I feel like some streamers though have leaned into that like amazon has done some mid-budget comedies that are that are okay like i feel like it'll come back around it's all about kind of market demand like it's harder for them to make money but also the profit like the business model has changed you, you know what I mean like for for streamers so yeah hopefully those type of movies come back because there is something about like a you know it's about 90 minutes. You know what you're getting. You right. can be in and out in an evening and you don't have to think too hard. Like that's the yeah. kind of movie that just, I feel like, you know, the quality ones aren't really around anymore or aren't incentivized I, to be made. They'll just make it like a overly long series or something.
2: I feel like it's the same way with music too. Like you hear people say, man, all the music sounds alike, but it's like, it's cause it's, it's working. Um, and you know, streaming just kind of, kind of just made it where it's just really microwave, like you can't really just sit down and just be like, okay. And then also, these artists are under pressure to put so much content out that it's like, man, I got, I, got, I don't have time to just focus on making the best album in the world. I got to stay in front of people's faces, or they're gonna move on to the next guy. So yeah, I feel like it's kind of the same vibe.
0: Uh, Steven Nielsen, I sent a lot of questions. A lot of y'all sent really heavy questions. That's not what we're trying yeah. to do here. So I'm going to pick a couple. So one, he says is... What- the answer, yes. I pray to the queen
1: every morning. <laughs> <laughs> Steven Nielsen Pen. asks, when are you
0: going to start making Pen. funny TikToks and Insta Why? reels? Why? Did
1: something happen to the queen? Shut up, <laughs> stupid.
0: When are you going to start making funny TikToks and Insta reels? And here's the actual answer. We just hired a guy literally yesterday who's joining our staff. And there will be clips of this show every week on instagram on tiktok us
3: oh i gotta get started starting a now. couple weeks Push from now so
0: so a uh a video pipeline of content is about to start coming out so there's that um he also asks non-serious answers only he's like what do, why don't you guys do like an advice segment for example what's your best parenting advice
2: oh yeah you i know? got
0: you on that right
3: but non-serious, non-serious answers. answers only.
0: I think we got should do it. it. I think we should put that in the
1: mix moving forward. Yeah. I yeah. like this suggestion. I got
3: one. I'm going to bring it back whenever you bring it. I would I do it. that
1: for sure. Yep. There you go. Yeah. We'll, we'll bring I that mean, in. I like it too. I feel too. like my, my thing is, I feel like my serious advice would be accepted in a non-serious <laughs> way. So let's just call it non-serious. You're good to go. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, before we wrap it up, i want to thank Sterling K. Brown and Regina Hall uh, for joining us today, make sure to check out Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul. It's in theaters now and also streaming on Peacock. Okay, on that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang.
1: I'm Jesse Carey.
3: I'm Jamie Ivey.
1: I'm Derek Miner. We'll see you next time. Have a great week, everyone. I'm not going to lie. It's lasted about 975 more episodes than I thought it would after we recorded our first one.
3: Relevant Podcast Network.
5: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time.